is the Equity Experience Podcast, a space created for every educator or school leader who is authentically pursuing equity and inclusion in their classrooms and schools. I'm your host, Dr. Carla Manning, and I welcome you. Hello, hello, hello. Good day, and thank you for tuning in to the Equity Experience Podcast. I'm excited that you're here, so thanks for tuning in and being with me today. On today's show, I want to give my insight into the difference between a non-racist and an anti-racist. And I just spoke about this in a training that I recently did. And I thought that it would be a good idea to just go ahead and share this on my podcast because this distinction may give some clarity to folks who are listening. So what is a non-racist? Who is a non-racist? What is an anti-racist? Who is an anti-racist? Okay. So first, let me just explain the definition between non-racist and anti-racist, all right? So from the way I understand it, and I'm coming up with this definition from a book by Daryl Sue. His name is Daryl Sue, D-E-R-A-L-D, and then last name Sue, S-U-E. And the name of the book is called Race Talk and the Conspiracy of Silence, okay? Race Talk and the Conspiracy of Silence. I need to do another podcast just talking about the books that I've been reading. So you can expect a podcast like that coming soon. But Race Talking the Conspiracy of Silence by Daryl Sue is where I'm borrowing this distinction from. So what Daryl Sue talks about in this particular book is that a non-racist is essentially a person who is almost neutral, right? They're saying that, yeah, you know, racism is bad, but, you know, I'm not a racist, but that's it. <laughs> racism is not a good thing. It's not good to be racist. I don't subscribe to those ideals. I'm not going to necessarily do anything about it, but that's about as far as I can go. I can just say it's not a good thing and that, yes, it is bad, but I'm not racist, okay? That's what I would call a non-racist. This is a person who essentially is taking a very neutral position to concepts and discussions of race, racism, and racial oppression, okay? A person who is anti-racist is taking this non-racist position one step further. And so they are saying that not only am I not racist, but I am taking specific action steps to show that I am not racist. Okay, so a person who is anti-racist is taking their non-racist position one step further. And so a person who is anti-racist is saying that not only do I not believe in racism, not only do I not subscribe to racist ideals, but there are specific action steps, behaviors, and practices that I am demonstrating in my day-to-day life that's exemplifying the fact that I am against racism. So anti-racism is saying that not only am I not racist, I am against racism, and I think that we should live in an anti-racist society in which we are not perpetuating acts of racism towards individuals of color. And I'm taking specific action steps, specific practices, behaviors. I'm engaging in particular activities that demonstrate the fact that I am not racist and that I am trying to dismantle systems of racism. So anti-racism is also about actively dismantling systems of racism so that number one, people of color cannot be oppressed by racism. And so that number two, white people cannot benefit from systems of racism. Anti-racism is taking a very active position, whereas non-racism is a passive 
position. You know, non-racism is okay. That's okay. (laughs) It's okay. It's not bad. Ideally, I would like for folks to be non-racist versus being racist, of course. But ideally, ideally, I would like for folks to be anti-racist. So in our definitions of how we are understanding racism, anti-racism, and non-racism, we have to also think about who we are as human beings and what side of the fence do we want to be on? What side of the fence do we want to be on? And this is not just about schools, classrooms, students, organizations, institutions. This is also about who we are as individuals, as human beings, as community members, as parents, as family members, as adults, as citizens, who we are as human beings. So I hope that this conversation was helpful for you. You know, I really do, because the extent to which we can understand these concepts the extent to which we can understand these ideas and these frameworks can give us a better understanding of how we can act, of how we can behave, of how we can live our lives in terms of how we treat each other, how we show up in particular spaces, how we engage in certain activities. That begins with our mindset. That begins with our thinking. So understanding the difference of non-racism and anti-racism, hopefully that distinction will give you a different framework, will give you a different way of thinking about how you might want to show up or how you may want to be in society. So again, the definitions of non-racism and anti-racism, I would say ultimately comes down to a position of passivity versus activity, right? A person being passive versus a person being active. So non-racism, in my opinion, is a passive approach. It's a neutral approach. It's a safe approach. But anti-racism is taking action steps. It's saying that I am not neutral. I am saying that racism is wrong. It is wrong to treat people of color in a particular way. It's wrong that we have uh, disparities and disproportionalities in lifestyle outcomes, educational outcomes, financial outcomes, health outcomes. That's wrong. And something needs to be done about it. That is anti-racism. Anti-racism also requires courage. That's another episode. (laughs) That's another episode. But anti-racism very much requires courage. It requires courage, confidence. So that is very much needed. That's another episode. (laughs) That's another episode. How do we develop the courage to become anti-racist? Woo! How do we develop that courage? How? Let's just say, and of course, I don't know who's listening, but let's just say you are a white person who is a superintendent of a, you know, let's just say a middle-sized school district, somewhere between, I don't know, one to, you know, I don't know, 500 to 2,000 students, middle-sized school district, small to middle-sized, and you have a lot of white parents at your school district who by and large, for the most part, are not open to ideas of (laughs) anti-racism. And they have made it very clear to you that they are not open to these conversations and to these dialogues about anti-racism. They have made it very clear. But you as a superintendent, you are clear on your position about anti-racism. How do you show up? One way I would say is by having courage. And having courage requires courage. Having courage requires courage. 
it requires like some extra courage for you to say, okay, I'm going to be courageous in this work of anti-racism as a white person. It requires courage because you have to be willing to deal with backlash from people of color, right? Like, you know, how much of an ally are you? Those sorts of things. And you also have to deal with potential backlash from white folks, from your own families, communities, peoples, et cetera. You develop that courage by number one, having the confidence in knowing that what you are doing is the right thing. Even if you are the only person who sees it that way, only if you are the only person who sees it that way, meaning that if there are people who do not understand why we need to talk about anti-racism, why do we need to talk about race and racism? Why do we need to hire a diversity, equity, and inclusion consultant? Why? Are you serious? I'm going to, quote unquote, waste my taxpaying dollars on this? Are you serious? That is what folks are saying. So as a person, if you want to say, I am going to be committed to this work of anti-racism, there needs to be courage. And there also has to be some levels of integrity, right? Some levels of integrity, meaning that what you know is the right thing for you to do, you are going to do it even when no one else is looking, even when no one else is looking over your shoulders, even when no one else knows what you are saying or doing in your heart and in your mind, you know that is the right thing to do. So anti-racism also requires integrity, integrity, meaning to do the right thing, even when no one else is looking or holding you directly accountable. See, it's easy to be non-racist. It's easy. It's easy. It's easy. It's easy to be non-racist because you can just simply say, you know, I'm not racist. That's easy. That's easy. It is. Anybody can walk up and down the street and say that, can hold a banner, hold a placard. I'm not racism. Racism is wrong, et cetera. That's easy. But what about putting in the work to demonstrate, to solve racial disparities, right? To close racial equity gaps within the school district. How much courage is needed to do that work? So on this podcast, I'm giving you information to help you to create the courage, to create the confidence, to create the intellectualism that is needed to do this work. I'm giving you the information to help you develop the emotional stamina, right? The heart. This work also requires heart. It requires intellectualism. It requires courage and it requires heart. It does. So I want to thank you for listening to this episode on today. Of course, I'm on the side of trying to have folks to be anti-racist. It's not enough just to be non-racist. It's not enough. It's easy to be non-racist. Unfortunately, we are still seeing many racial disparities and disproportionalities, even when people are non-racist, okay? So non-racist is not enough. We need to be anti-racist, and we need to be courageous in that position of being anti-racist, okay? So thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. I hope that this information that was shared with you on today will help. I hope that you've gained some insight and some perspectives to help you in your journey, help you in your personal journey and your professional journey. Okay. So thank you for listening. I'm Dr. Carla Manning. This is another episode of the Equity Experience Podcast. Make sure to head on over to equityleadershipgroup.com for more information about helping your school district organization become diverse, equitable, and inclusive. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, be well and be blessed. Take care. Bye-bye.